are tuning into the Niagara Moon podcast. I'm Thomas, the uh, Niagara Moon guy. And for today's episode, I was kind of struggling earlier to decide what to talk about. But then I listened to some music and I was like, hey, let's let's talk about some music. Let's talk about some musicians that I am a fan of. And I decided to make a list of seven current artists that I would say are underrated. And so this is, I set some kind of arbitrary, you know, stipulations for this list. So I consider a current artist, for me, I consider a current artist someone who got started in the 2000s. So narrows it down a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not talking about Radiohead. I consider those guys almost classic rock at this point. But uh, so a newer artist that is also not Japanese, um, that would just open the list up way too much. And none of you would really know who I was talking about. So uh, narrowing it down to North American or European artists and no musicians that I actually happen to know personally. There's That would just, again, open it up way too much. Um, I just have too many talented friends to uh, to narrow that down. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, seven of my favorite current artists that I feel need more love and need more attention. Um, so I just want to talk about them. Number one is Kyle Kraft. He is, I think, on the Sub Pop label. He's a younger guy. Maybe he just turned thirty. I don't know. I follow him on social media. He just got married. Congratulations. But Kyle Kraft is a really good songwriter, really good singer, too. He sounds a lot like Meatloaf, the singer Meatloaf. But his his, his songs are not like Meatloaf songs. He's very reminiscent of Bob Dylan in certain ways. His songs have kind of a rambling, traveling sort of feel to them. He's He's telling lots of weird kind of crazy stories about burlesque shows and um, wild parties, but it's kind of has a sort of almost dark artistic bent to it. Um, he just seems like the kind of artist whose shows would be very exciting. I'll have to see if he ever comes up to Massachusetts. But Kyle Kraft, his, uh, his two albums, Dolls of Highland and the latest one, Full Circle Nightmare, he just he has a really good sound. It's kind of uh, like classic Rolling Stones, sort of the way his band sounds. There's a lot of good kind of rock and roll piano. I'm kind of talking about this like a an analyzing musician, but uh, just some really good catchy but unusual songs. He does some weird stuff with melodies. He blends a lot of influences together in an interesting way. So I really suggest Kyle Kraft if you like music that sort of sounds like 70s rock and roll, but it's also clearly modern day and, and doing its own thing. So he's really good. And um, number two is the band Tennis. I've actually talked about Tennis with uh, some of you Niagara Moon fans. I definitely dig them a lot. They're a husband and wife band a duo, and the wife sings. I forget her name. Yeah, I don't know their names, but uh, they have this really awesome retro sound. They sound like a great sort of classic, maybe Phil Spector-ish pop group from the 60s, 
But again, they do the same thing as Kyle Kraft. They blend the the old and the new. Uh, their album Cape Dory, that's their first album. I think that's my favorite. Just the the harmonies and the, the way she sings. I love her voice. Just really, really good songs. Really simple songs. Um, if you're a musician and you know how like chord chords work, you'll notice they really don't get too fancy with chords. They keep things simple, just super catchy. Um, they have a lot of songs about sailing. I guess they sail around in sailboats together, which uh, sounds pretty romantic, actually. I think they go... Cape Dory is maybe somewhere in Maryland. Like, all the songs are about different locations they were they were sailing around. And they have, I think, three or four albums after that that are all good. I, I'm, I think I pretty much checked them all out at this point. Um, and as they go on, they kind of move on from the the 50s beach sound to uh, some more, again, 70s influence songwriting, a little bit of funky stuff in there. I uh, I like them a lot, and I, I hope they uh, continue to, to do well. I don't know. Um, did I see if they were on a hiatus for a little while or something? Or maybe they are just taking a break from touring. But definitely recommend the band Tennis. Number three is a guy that goes by... Well, he doesn't go by. That's his real name, uh, Jonathan Wilson. And Jonathan Wilson is based in L.A. He's an older guy, but I don't think he started releasing solo albums until maybe 10 years ago-ish. Um, I only know his very most recent album, Rare Birds, and I would say that's definitely one of the best albums of 2018. He is very much a producer first. He runs a studio somewhere in L.A., I think in one of those hipster neighborhoods like uh, Echo Park. Um, he produces as in like, I think he does the recording and the engineering and maybe some of the uh, the other creative stuff for uh, Father John Misty. He's probably one of his biggest artists that he's also produced. Father John Misty, I would say, is not underrated. Father John Misty is very well established at this point. I like some of Father John Misty's stuff, but I wouldn't really include him in this list. But Jonathan Wilson has produced Father John Misty. Um, he has also toured with Roger Waters, the dude from Pink Floyd, you know, who wrote The Wall and everything. He is, I think he was the keyboard player for Roger Waters while Ro Roger Waters was on tour. Maybe he was touring just The Wall. I don't know if they were doing other songs, but so the guy's not struggling by any means. He's he's pretty established. But as a solo artist, his own music, um, you can tell every one of his songs is a real labor of love, and he's super meticulous in the studio, getting all the instruments to sound just right. It just everything sounds so clear and well thought out, and it's just big. All the songs have just lots of interesting parts, really well arranged. His vocals are a little quiet. I don't necessarily pick up on all the lyrics in each of his songs, but I would say it's a modern-day recording masterpiece for sure, that album, Rare Birds. So definitely check out Jonathan Wilson. Number four, this guy, one of my favorites. If you're familiar with him, maybe you've noticed that uh, with Niagara Moon, I take a little bit of influence from his music for sure. Um, John Grant. And John Grant, again, he's a little older, but his solo career didn't really take off 
till he was maybe 40 or something. He had a band called the Czars before that. I never really got into them, but he's from Colorado, maybe. He lives in Iceland now. John Grant is amazing. He's such a good songwriter and singer, too. He has a, a lovely baritone voice. His debut solo album, what the heck was that? Queen of Denmark. Queen of Denmark is one of my favorite albums of the 2000s. He's just super personal and personable. He blends kind of maudlin humor with like a real, he's, he's a heavy guy. He's, he's got a lot of uh, sadness, but I think he, he carries it well. Um, he has some songs about, uh, I'm guessing his parents, or at least his father rejecting him because he's gay. Uh, he just, he carries a lot of weight in his songs and they, you can tell he's really feeling it, but it's not ever too sentimental or over the top in any way. It's, he, he does really interesting stuff. His latest album, which came out last year, again, one of my other favorite albums of 2018, he had an album, Love is Magic. There's some really good songs in that. He's gradually, with Queen of Denmark 10 years ago, his, his first album, he was all just guitar, piano, very straightforward sort of retro arrangement. The songs sounded very, um, like, almost classic rockish, classic ballad. He gets more and more electronic as it goes on. He does really weird things with his synthesizers, collaborates with a lot of weird artsy, like Icelandic DJs and stuff. Um, so the blend of those two worlds, those two sonic worlds, is very interesting too. You never know if the song's going to have like a heartfelt piano part or if he's going to have a weird-ass wobbly synth thing going on. I guess it's the kind of thing you got to hear in person to really understand. But um, he's very innovative, but just also really sticks to solid songwriting. John Grant is um, he's great. I think he's more popular in Europe than he is in America, probably. He has maybe more of a, of a falling out there. But definitely check him out. Number five is Tristan. And I actually had the pleasure, the pleasure of interviewing Tristan back when I was doing the Talking About the Passion podcast. So I was living in Seattle, and her band came to play at the Vera Project in downtown Seattle. And Huaymin and I went to go see her show, and she was great. Um, how would I describe her sound? She's kind of more classic Americana-ish country folk, although she would very probably much hesitate to be described that way. She's she's hard to pin down, but she's she's she rocks. She has a very um very uh her voice really projects and it's a very strong voice. And she you can tell she loves like the classic rock and roll and she loves um you know classic female country artists. You can tell that's a strong influence for her. Um, one of her albums, you know, she's not afraid to get a little 80s, get a little synthesizer in there as well, but she writes amazing lyrics. Her album, Sneaker Waves, I think that was 2017, that's such a great album. She just has a ton of guitar hooks, um, awesome harmonies. Her lyrics are really deep. Again, I would compare her to like a Bob Dylan type, but she touches on more modern subjects. Her song, Glass Jar, if you want to look 
the video up for that. That's a super catchy song. She's just a really solid songwriter. Again, that's what I like. I, I like to the point, uh, melodic, just interesting sort of mix of old and new songwriters. That's You can tell that's kind of what I go for. Um, but people who also blend different genres and different influences in an interesting way. So she definitely does that. She works with her husband, Buddy, a lot. I think he's the secret sauce in a lot of her music. Um, like their last album they recorded together in their either their living room or their basement or something like that, which considering how it sounds, that album Sneakerways, that's, that's amazing. I, I kind of aspire to be able to do home recording that way. I think that's really cool. And she's based in Nashville. I think she's originally from Illinois, the Chicago area. When I think of like really cool kind of under the radar Nashville artists, Tristan is definitely near the, the top of the list for me. And so speaking of that Vera project show in Seattle, um, where we met Tristan and then I got to interview her for the podcast the next day. That's a very interesting interview, by the way. She definitely has a lot to say. Highly recommend checking that out. Um, but at that same show in Seattle, she had uh, a friend of hers, Jenny O, open for her. Jenny O is also amazing, such a good songwriter. Very different style. She's, you can tell she's a very quiet person. She's kind of shy and reserved. Um, she has kind of a very George Harrison sort of feel going on in her music. Um, really great kind of unique singing voice. She does a lot of her own harmonies, which I always love. Like when a singer sings with themselves. I don't know if I <laughs> phrase that right, but when a singer can sing a lot of different parts on their own songs and create their own harmonies, I always find that really appealing. Again, Harry Nielsen does that. Elliot Smith certainly did that a lot. Uh, she does that really well. Also, to bring it back again, she has also been produced by Jonathan Wilson, both of her albums, Auto Mechanic, and um, another one from 2017, Peace and Information. Peace of in and Information, again, one of my favorite modern albums. Every song on there is really cool, just really lovely, sweet, simple melodies, but that you haven't quite heard before, but they just really hit the sweet spot. Um, she's a really good guitar player. Her band is so good. Uh, she put on a great show. And uh, I had never heard of her before. I just, we were going there to see Tristan. I was like, oh, I gotta wait till 10.30 now and see this other band that I don't, I've never heard of, I don't care about before I can see Tristan. But her band totally blew me away. I had to buy, buy her CD right away after the show. Um, I also had Jenny O on uh, talking about the Passion Podcast, and she was really interesting to talk to. I would definitely consider her a songwriting genius for sure, and I hope she uh, continues to get popular. She definitely deserves a bigger fan base. Um, so if you're curious, check out her album, Peace and Information. And uh, let's wind down to number seven, my last uh, artist for this list of mine. I mentioned him a little bit last week, Andy Schaff from Saskatchewan, Canada. He 
is one of those one-man band type of guys. He plays nearly all the parts in his songs himself. He plays clarinet, and clarinet features in almost all of his songs. And that's, you you might think that's a little gimmicky maybe, but it really works. It, it gives uh, a very dignified air to his songs. I don't know quite how to describe it, but Andy Schaff also has a band called Fox Warren, who I feel pretty safe betting like no one has heard of yet. That's uh, They just put out their album this year. I think it's called just Fox Warren. Um, that's Andy Schaff plus a bunch of other guys from his hometown. I guess they kind of grew up doing music together. And uh, he was touring so much, doing his solo stuff, they weren't able to uh, work together that frequently, but they finally put out this album um, just as easily, just as good as any uh, Andy Schaff album, but also you can tell it has more of a uh, a band feel, a lot of people working together. There's some more grooves in there and stuff, but yeah, how do I describe Andy Schaff? His songwriting is amazing. It's often really slow, but just feels super well put together. He mixes different emotions in a very interesting way. Uh, his most recent album is called The Party. So each song kind of deals with, I guess he would describe it as being at a party and feeling weird. Um, he just he has a lot of story songs describing different characters. Uh, good luck actually understanding what he is saying, though, because he has the weirdest accent. He sounds, my girlfriend says he sounds kind of like a Muppet or... Um, like Carol Channing from the from the Broadway world, maybe he he just has a very bizarre accent, but it it makes I don't know it works. It makes the songs sound even cooler. He kind of sings like a six year old uh, in a way, I guess. But his songs are like really slow but really groovy. Got a lot of Beatlesy influence. Um, really carefully produced, so thing it it sounds like a very expensive album, but I'm sure he just did it on a budget and just did it his way and really took his time. I think it it took him like years to make that album the party, but he would definitely, I would say, be one of the the most interesting singer-songwriters, singer-songwriters of this decade, so highly recommend you check him out as well. Him and uh, his band Fox Warren. So... Yeah, that was kind of an experiment, just um, letting you guys know uh, what kind of modern-day music I'm interested in, what uh, what I'm into, what gets me excited. If uh, this inspires you to check any of those artists out and go support them, awesome. I feel like I uh, accomplished something today then. So I think I'll wrap it up there, and um, next podcast, maybe I'll have a guest. That would be cool. Either a guest or... I want to do uh, a song breakdown like that podcast, Song Exploder. A friend of mine, Jesse, uh, who goes by Basic Printer, did that on his podcast recently. Um, maybe you guys would be interested to hear how I actually put a song together track by track. If there is uh, any particular Niagara Moon song you'd want me to sort of break down and show you piece by piece, let me know. Otherwise, I'll probably do the one eating peaches because that's what most people know. Anywho, I'm going to sign off for now. Thanks, you guys, for listening, and uh, I'll see you later.